Hey everyone, welcome back to the DJ Sessions Presents the Virtual Sessions. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm in the virtual studios, as always for these shows, in Seattle, Washington, and coming in from Malta, a small little island right below Sicily in, in Italy. We have DJ Ruby on the show today. How you doing, DJ Ruby? I'm very well. Hello to you and uh, to all the viewers. Um, yes, you said I come from a very little island called uh, Malta. Most probably many people in the States don't even know where is it, you know, because I, I get that every now and then, you know, because I do travel to places which are like far from Malta, like Asia or South America. And, and quite a few people ask me, but where is Malta, you know, because even when you go on the map, you really need to zoom to see our little island, you know, it's, it's, it's tiny, but very powerful, but very powerful. And how far off the coast is Malta from Italy? Is that a, like a ferry ride? Is it like an hour, two hours? Is it to, 30 minutes? To Sicily. Basically, you have Italy, then you have yeah. Sicily, Sicilia, and under Sicily, there is Malta. Well, okay. if, you, if, you want to, if you want to swim it, it will take you a couple of days, you know, to swim it. <laughs> <laughs> by, by plane, it's just uh, 30 minutes, you know, from, from Malta oh. to Catania. It's just a 30-minute flight, or else with the, with the boat, it's just an hour and a half, you know. So we're, we're, we're very close to Italy, you know. And many people speak Italian in Malta as well, you know, especially people who are 30 years and over, um, like me. We all speak Italian because we were, when we were kids, we only had Italian TV to watch, you know. So I got to learn a, a language. But we're very close to Italy, you know. But again, Malta, it's, it's not Italy. It's an independent country. We have our own language, our own culture, you know. And uh, yeah, it's a country. You know, it's a country. And what would you, did, did you, you grew up there, correct? Yeah, I was born here in Malta. Actually, I was born on, on, because Malta is the Maltese islands. It's made of three islands. There's Malta, which is the mainland. There's Comino, who no one lives on Comino. It's just a rock with a very nice beach called Blue Lagoon. And there's another island called Gozo. Only 20,000 people live there. And I was born on that island, on, okay. on, on, on Little Gozo, which is part of the, Maltese Islands. So yeah, I'm, I'm Maltese. I was born here. I always <clears> lived here, you know, although these days I travel a lot. I always come back home to, to Malta. And as the party scene goes, is Malta known as a destination spot to go partying or does it have a very vivid nightlife scene or yes, summer kind indeed. of culture? Indeed, indeed. It will have a very strong um, uh, dance music scene. Till a, a couple of years ago was only made by the locals. So just with the locals only was already powerful. So imagine no two, if no tourists come for the parties, we already had a powerful scene in Malta, you know. Then we joined the European Union in the late um, uh, 1210s. And a lot of, we have a lot of expats now living here, which made even the scene stronger. And for the past couple of years, a lot of festivals and a lot of big uh, entities are doing events here in Malta. I don't know, like MTV, Cream. BBC, you know, all the big name DJs are coming here. There's summer is full of festivals, you know, so it's a very, very, very strong and powerful scene. Not strong like Ibiza, but but I think we can, uh, like very soon we will, I think we'll be able to compete with, with Ibiza for sure, you know, for sure. And uh, the good thing about Malta is that there's, there's a scene for everything, you know, if you are into progressive house, if you are into techno, if you are into psychedelic, if you are into tech, whatever, if you are into drum and bass, there's a scene for everything. You know, some scenes are small and some scenes are bigger, of course. But that's a good thing about Malta. You know, the, the party scene, the industry, I think it's very, very strong. You know, it's very powerful. 
I'm going to jump in. I'm going to take an audience question right now. Something off topic because when you jumped on the show just a few moments ago, um, you were drinking something, and it's funny. Somebody yep. asked, "Hang on, uh-huh. Zick Lergo, what is your drink of choice before you get on stage?" Because you were drinking, I was going to ask, ah, okay. "What were you drinking uh, right before the interview?" <laughs> so, I I don't drink alcohol. You know, no alcohol at all. I love energy drinks. You know, I mean. There's a local energy drink, which you only find in Malta. It's called Go and Fun, which is my ultimate favorite. But because I travel a lot, you know, my, my, my drink to go is definitely Red Bull. You know, I, 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 I drink a lot of Red Bulls, you know. So that's my, my drink of choice, you know, energy drinks. Energy drinks, yeah. I, I have to be very yeah. careful with those because um, I tend to have a, an aversion to caffeine or... Yeah, I mean, I... To be honest, I, I need to calm down a little bit on, on, on energy drinks, you know, because I drink a lot. Yeah, I just did an 18-hour – well, actually, it was a 24-hour road trip from okay. Seattle to Las Vegas to Arizona. Okay. and okay. Which is a long, driving, long trip, yes? Are you yeah, I was that? driving my mobile, my, our mobile studio down there, and I was drinking Red Bulls the whole way. And poor, okay. one of my resident DJs had to ride with me all the way up front in the car ride down. I must have been talking – Non-stop for like ten <laughs> hours. I mean, it gives you but, energy, you know. I mean, yeah, but yeah. But I mean, we're good friends. Good we're good friends. You know? yeah, but, but yeah, anyone that knows me knows I like to talk, and I do talk a lot, and have a, a lot of good okay. stuff to say. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. Okay, and okay. Um, you have good. been quite busy over the last few months. With yeah. uh, let's, I mean, we're going to start with the latest release that you just did and, yeah. and take us through a history of what's been going on over the last few months but your latest release with is it alexi sonar so yeah these past them um, a uh, couple of months especially you know there was the covid days you know during covid i had a usually i'm so busy like because i'm not just a dj i'm also a promoter i do my own events and when you're touring a lot djing a lot doing your own events it's very difficult to find time to produce so and then came covid you know, so during COVID, I had all the time in the world, you know, to produce a lot of music and to um, uh, do a lot of remixes. So then when the COVID days were like kind of over, all my really all my uh, productions and remixes that I had done during COVID, they were all coming out one after each other, which is uh, even at the moment uh, I had a, a, re- a remix coming out last week, another remix coming out next week and the week after. So it was quite these past two months were very hectic for me when it comes to releases and, um, uh, and remixes. Um, just in a nutshell, I, I, uh, I released Kunter, my own single, which was part of a compilation called Augmented by uh, Mango Valley, which is one of the leading labels in, in, in our scene, which is the underground progressive housing. Then right after, I had a remix for uh, Fonarev and Anton Marke called Redshift on uh, Digital Emotions Records. I also had Connection, another um, uh, own uh, track, which I produced together with Alexei Sona which was out on Skytop Records. Last week, I had a, a remix coming out for Camilo San Clemente, uh, which is called Fragma. And I also have uh, another remix coming out in two days for Hobbin Rude, uh, which is called It Was and It Will, uh, which will come out on Movement Records. Then I have a couple of more coming out in, in, in the next week. In the next week. And yeah, for now, I'm going to have a break in, in, in music production. Because um, yeah, from next week, I'm going to restart touring like non-stop again you know so yeah, yeah quite a busy time you know i mean i, I saw your uh, i saw your event schedule on your website yeah. 
Um, yeah. You know, it, it was just you're you're going to be busy. You're coming up with a lot of stuff. What I'll do is I'll try and segment the air. For for instance, the first two months of the air, I was in Malta. We were still under COVID restrictions, so I could finish my my production work. Then came March and April. I went on tour. I was in Argentina. I was in Sri Lanka. I was in Egypt. I was in India. Then I came back to Malta to do my own events in Malta. For the past two and a half months, I hosted five events in two and a half months, which is quite over the quota. But, you know, after two years of COVID, you know, I had to, you know, do, uh, I've done a lot of different concepts and stuff. And now I'll, I'll go back to touring. Then I'll come back to Malta in, uh, in about a month and a half. Uh, to host some other events, then I leave again. So I try to segment like two months out of the country, a month and a half, two months in the mm -hmm. country to do my own events. So that's how I, I usually work it out. And we're going to take a, a, another audience question here from our Think Rule is what is your ultimate goal as a DJ? So my ultimate goal as a DJ, okay, I've been DJing for the past 31 years, okay. And for many, many years, let's say until four years ago, I was just the uh, local hero. You know, the guy that started the scene in Malta, the guy that makes a lot of parties in Malta, the guy that always plays at after parties in Malta, you know. And my dream was always to make a name for myself internationally, you know. And um, that was always my dream, you know. And thankfully enough, four years ago, I decided, okay, I'm going to stop thinking local. I'm going to start thinking global. You know, and uh, when I started to do that, uh, thankful enough, I got um, people, uh, you know, started following my stuff and I got noticed. And I thank God I managed to make a name for myself. And that was like my main goal to make a name internationally. Of course, now it's a lot of hard work to keep my name there and, of course, expand more and make my, na my, my, my name even bigger. Even considering that the scene that I am in is quite a small scene, you know, the underground progressive house scene. It's a very small scene. When you compare it to other music scenes, you know, it, it's big in South America, uh, it's big in Asia, in Europe, it's nearly inexistent, you know, except for countries like Malta, of course, because I do my own events, the Balkan countries, but then my music is not really popular at all in, in countries like Spain or England or Germany or Italy, you know, so it's quite difficult, but, you know, I have hope I, I do my best, you know, to push the music I really love and you know, I mean, I think at the moment I am into my goal. You know, I'm, 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 I'm living my goal at the moment. <laughs> I can definitely relate to rebranding and pushing yourself uh, to more of an international level because in 2018, there was a major thing that happened to us. I was talking to you a little bit before the show where a platform that we were on, you know, kind of got bought out. And okay. we found ourselves without a live streaming partner. And when we approached Twitch in 2018 and told them everything that we were doing and had been doing for the past nine years, they brought us on as one of the first ever live streaming featured partner wow. DJ okay. shows. And it was a huge honor. And about a month or two after that, they actually went and put us to the front page of the Twitch website. Wow. And yeah, we, yeah. okay. we debuted on Twitch with like 2,700 viewers. Our chat room was wow. blowing up. So you were from, from, from the beginning, you know, what once from the first guys, you know, from the first companies to, to do this, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And and so the thing was is that I sat back at that moment and realized our we had no website. I mean, what we had was 
a version one, which I built in 2013, and this is now 2018. Wow. Yeah, like five uh, we years. Had no social, we, had, we had some social media presence, but it really wasn't dialed in. Everything was not dialed in to go back to the front page of Twitch. And so we spent the better part of 2018. We were starting to do our own events. Uh, we were starting to do events in 2019. And it wasn't till late 19 I said, you know what? I am really going to go push this hardcore for 2020. Well, we all kind of know what happened in 2020. Yeah, COVID then. About you know. that. But it really did a big, huge favor for us in a, in a big way. Because when I would go out there from 2018 to t- late 2019 for two years, and even before that, I would tell people, hey, we are a live streaming DJ show. We are on Twitch. And people would come to me and say, who would ever want to watch a DJ online? And I said, and then you, you see you ever, what's happened in COVID yeah, then? And COVID yeah, then. I said, have you ever changed, watched? You know? Have you ever listened to a radio show? Have you ever listened to a mix? And then I'd say, we're on this platform called Twitch. Twitch. And people would say, what's Twitch? And I'd say, well, have you heard of that company called YouTube that's owned yeah. by Google? Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Well, Twitch is basically run by Amazon in the in the back, and they're still their own independent company, but. They're, they're, they're basically their backbone is Amazon supporting them. And now that conversation, or at least it's two years ago, that conversation is now, oh, I watch DJ shows online all the time. Oh, you're a featured partner with Twitch. I know Twitch. I know a DJ. They play on Twitch. Now it's a mute point. But what we did as well is in 2021 went through a whole nother rebranding. And that model is something that you did. You know, where you went to go break internationally. A lot exactly, of us are you know? stateside yeah. or, mm. or local and stateside, you know, in the U.S. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, okay. and we yeah. wanted to break internationally. So the last six months, six to eight months, we've been doing nothing but rebranding ourselves internationally. And one of the biggest things we're looking forward to, and I'm going to ask you this question, is we are pushing everything to go to ADE this year. And have you been yeah. to ADE? Yeah. I, to be honest, last year it was my first time. Oh, yeah. um, uh, that I was an AD. We were still in COVID times, you know, so it wasn't that that strong, but still parties happening. I played there and um, uh, I was playing two times, one time for um, Movement Records and one time for Around Us. This year, of course, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be playing um, two times at AD. I'm going to be playing for Meanwhile Records, which is an Australian label run by JMJ and Method. That's going to be on Wednesday the 19th. And I'm also playing on Sunday, for uh, La Foresta, which is a Sri Lankan entity. And it's going to be me, Noise Project. There's going to be JMJ as well. So quite a good bunch from my scene. So yeah, this year is going to be my second time. I'm yeah, it'll be, it'll be my first yeah. time going to Europe. Yeah. And my first time- it's a month. It's a month. It is. It's your first time it's, coming to Europe, yeah? Yeah, first time going to Europe, first time going AD, to something like AD. It's a must. AD, it's a must. AD, and, it's a must. you know, we are so excited. I had these huge plans. Um, we were looking to partner with ADE this year. I kind of got big, big plans. And then I said, you know what? Maybe I should just go and experience it. Exactly. That's, that's, good. that's good. I'll, that's good, I'll run know? around with my camera. I have my girlfriend yeah. go with me. I have a couple of my resident DJs going. But good. we'll run out. If we come across and we'll get you there, Ruby, we'll get an interview. I'm sure we can catch up. For we'll catch up. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know you were going to be there. So it's good. It's good to know yeah. that you're going to be there. So it's good there. Um, I can't wait to get back out on kind of the red carpet or hit the street yeah. again with the camera. And ADE is kind of our big push and our launch. Uh, we're talking about partnering with a major, major label to do some stuff there as well. It's like in the works, just heard back from, we're, we're still, we're ironing it out, but 
fingers crossed if this this comes through it's a huge win for us with the dj sessions and and um on the back end of that also going doing something international i'm sure you can relate with is we're looking to launch our own label in the first wow, quarter of amazing. 2023 okay. so wow, okay we're looking i i can really relate to that international push though because you were talking about that of what you did and it takes a while to do something like that it doesn't yes, just happen yeah. overnight it took me 27 years you know imagine <laughs> After 27 years, I managed to break into the international scene. Yeah. You know, so after usually people retire, you know, but for me, no, it's like it was a new start. It was always my dream. I never gave up, you know, but then I came to a stage where I, man, I'm going to stop thinking local. I was thinking too much local. I, although I had one genre, which I really loved, I was really like mixing. Sometimes I would play progressive. Sometimes I play tech house, you know, just to please the local crowd, which was fine. But then to break into an international scene, you need an identity, you know, you need to be focused into one thing, you know, be master at one, you know, rather than be, you know, like try to be to, to be to do to do everything and be everything, you know. And that's what my that was my 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 trick, you know, that, that mm -hmm. that's what happened to me, you know, I had a good identity, you know, and uh, I had a very good, powerful so social media, you know, I was like posting really. And professional stuff, you know, it happened to be that I am also a graphic designer and I'm a, I am also a video editor, you know, so I could, I can, you know, do all my artworks and do all my videos and stuff, you know, and, you know, experience, you know, so it was like a, a whole package that worked into my favor. Absolutely. It, it took me not trying to do everything myself and bringing on a team of people you know, to when I when I add it up, you know, I have a person out of the UK, I have a person in New York, I have a person in Thailand, I got a web dev team, a mobile app team, a VR reality nightclub wow. team. Okay. Um, wow. You know that it just finally it's a it's a village that builds a brand. You know, it, of it, course, you know, exactly. It, it, unless I, you have I really do, good connections, yeah, um, I do everything myself. You yourself. Know? I do have I do have a personal assistant that she helps me a lot, you know. Yeah. But uh, technically, I'm a, I'm a control freak, and I want to do everything myself, you know, just to make sure everything is good. But I mean, that's me. I'm happy, you know. So yeah. I'm very busy, but it keeps me happy, you know. So. Absolutely, and you mentioned something earlier that you know, most people after 27 years, if they weren't breaking through, they would probably retire. Of and course, I mean, after 27 years DJing, you know, I mean. Most people, I think, I don't know, maybe, no, okay, now it's time to, you know, I mean, calm down or, or, or yeah. but listen, I, I, I do a lot of sacrifices, you know, I'm not married, I don't have kids, you know, I'm 45, the energy is still there. I'm sure that if I had a family, maybe things would be different, you know what I mean? So it's not easy, you know, I, I, I literally dedicated all my life to this, you know, I work 24-7. You know, it's a very competitive business, you know. Everyone wants to be a DJ. Everyone wants to be a producer. Everyone wants to be a party promoter, you know. So it's a very competitive business. So I dedicated all my life to succeed, you know, into this. And I work really hard. The last job that I had was working in corporate America for a company, a small little company called Apple. You know, maybe people know who they are. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was 2009, right before I, I – that was my last real corporate job okay. that I had wow. before I started the DJ sessions. And that term sacrifice that you said there, you know, where I could have been climbing the corporate ladder and making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and watching my stock options go up and up yeah. and up and climb the corporate ladder. But I you just followed your with, heart, yeah? Yeah, I you went away with all heart. of that. 
to yeah. follow my passion. And I actually ended up going That's back to school uh, in that, in that interim, like years later, went back to school to kind of rekindle my entrepreneurial business degree sense. I entered two, I have two degrees and a certificate, but there was this teacher that it was a, like a self-development class. And she showed this video about this guy who was a big real estate mogul in California, okay. millions and millions, millions of dollars a year. And one day he just decided to give it all up and just roller skate up and down Venice beach. And okay, somebody wow. went and did a documentary on this guy. And in the interview, he said, you know, I was making all this money, but I wasn't happy. And people but, verified exactly. the story that he was this real. He wasn't just, I went through that myself. Beach, I went through know? that myself. I went and through it. He said, yeah. I'm happier now just roller skating up and down the beach every day, doing what I'd like to do when I want to do it. Then all that going after the money. And after the teacher, you know, the instructor uh, shut the video down and I, I raised my hand almost immediately and said, you know what? I left corporate America years ago. I said, I would rather make $50,000 a year doing what I love doing and having a, what I love happy. my investments in and happy than making $300,000 a year working and you're eight unhappy hours a week, or, or you're unhappy, not your heart, you know, you know, and my exactly. family never, if I had, you know, family then at that point, they would never see me or it's just yeah. only on the weekends or I only get those two weeks off a year, you know? So, always running my own company. You mentioned control freak earlier. Yeah. I found out a long time ago that I can't, I have to be the boss. I can't okay. let somebody be the boss of me unless they give me free reign and exactly. say, there okay. you go. Yeah. And what you're Do doing is awesome. want, yeah. Do whatever you want, but don't waste the co company money. I get exactly. it. But um, yeah, it takes a long time to build that. But you of mentioned course. again, going back to that retirement age, can I ask a question here? Carl Cox just had his birthday on July 29th. Yeah. Turned 60 years old. Wow, yeah. Still is yeah. rocking the major festivals. Yeah. Yes. Do you see yourself? They, they are one of cases. Eh? There's not many Carl Coxes in the world, you know? So, <laughs> but I mean, he's a good role model, you know? So, yeah. Or people like Hernan Cataneo, you know? I mean, he's not young, but he's still rocking it, you know? Or Nick Warren, you know? They are still John Digweed, Sasha, you know? They're, they're still, you know, like on, on top of the league, you know? So, so your question, sorry. Yeah, do, no, that do I was, see myself? question yeah. is, do you see yourself DJing at the age, For, uh, at his age? Definitely. Or, or do you think you retire? Okay. Definitely. Fair 100%. 100%. Definitely. And I've been a DJ all my life, you know, now I'm, I, I'm sure I'm going to be doing it for, for a very long time, I think. Until I, I, my hearing is okay, you know, until I can hear, I think I'm going to be DJing for sure, you know, for sure. Especially now that, you know, after I've been now 31 years DJing. For me, I feel everything new. This is like a fresh beginning, you know. So imagine 31 years passed and I, I feel like new, like now I started, you know. That's how I feel, you know, that, that thing started now you know so i think i'm going to be there for a very long time I'm going to be doing this for a very long time there well and that's what you, you know you mentioned that, that that you'll be doing it for a long time and and the names some of the names you just mentioned i think somebody put up a, a, a lineup and you know carl was on that list and digby was on that list sasha was on they're all hitting their 50s now even more more than 50s more, for sure more 50s, more, uh, more. you know 60s, and you gotta, approaching 60s, 60s for sure yeah you know? and you got to say i for mean sure. Is there an official retirement age of DJing, or is it just no. I got to throw in the towel because I got other family obligations? I'm settling down, I, or I'm, I'm going to move over to producing and not do so many DJ gigs. From my experience, you know, from from the people I I met throughout my life and all the DJ I met through my life, one of the main reasons why they had to kind of like stop 
or maybe uh, um, uh, take a step back. And But when you take a step back, it means like it's over. Usually it's family related, most of the cases, not everyone. But from my experience and the stories that I hear, mostly it's from family related, you know, because once you have kids and it's not that easy, you know, if you think about it, you need to tour, partying and it's, uh, I think it's difficult, you know, I think it's, yeah. uh, I think it's difficult. There are some cases which, which it work, it can work out, you know, I don't know. I was never married. I never had kids, you know, but I think it's difficult, you know, once you have a family, it can be done. Yes, but I think it's not that easy, you know, to be married and kids and, you know, still living this uh, lifestyle of producing, touring, you know, have a bit of crazy times, you know, like, I, I'm not sure if it can work out for well, me at least. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, you you played in India, Ibiza, Mexico, Russia, oh, Germany, every continent. Egypt, every Jordan, continent. Netherlands, every Thailand, year, Australia, yeah. Italy, yeah. Dubai, US, UK, Hong Kong, just yeah. to name a few, as your bio says. You know, what uh, is your favorite city to play in, though? Okay, so um, uh, <laughs> these past two years, were two, three years, because even during COVID, I was still DJing. You know, I was still touring to countries where, where like, since I was, I was played in Russia, I played in Mexico, in Egypt, and these were like the only countries where parties were allowed, you know, and I was still touring, you know. So um, uh, these past three years, it was uh, quite interesting for me because I, w I was finally doing the proper gigs, you know, the gigs where I managed to make a name for myself in the international scene. So I was getting booked because I am DJ Ruby and because of my music. Like I've been DJing international for a very long time, but before it was either all some kind of like swaps, you know, some DJ playing Malta and I play for him or, or people that actually know me as a friend and stuff like that. So these past three years, I had to experience like a proper, proper gigs, you know, um, for sure. I, the most powerful country like to play for because of my music, I think it's Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, they are literally crazy about progressive house. So, um, uh, the energy is really like really powerful you know my last gig in, in sri lanka it was like for over 2000 people it was crazy you know and and progressive house it's not like a you know full-on hands in the air type of music you know it's more like you know you break you dance you know but no but the sri lankans they are uh, you know they they really you know their feedback is very powerful for for progressive house so um that uh, I think Sri Lanka is one of the best countries, you know, for a progressive house DJ to play it. Of course, there's Argentina, you know, um, people, they really know their progressive house in Argentina. So Argentina is like, a, you know, it's like the holy grail of, of, of my kind of music. And uh, I discovered as well, uh, last year I played in Pakistan. It was surreal. It was amazing. You know, they don't really have a scene, but they do have a community. You know, I mean, parties, of course, they're not allowed. It's a, it's a Muslim country where Muslim country where alcohol, it's, it's not allowed. So there are no clubs, but they still do a lot of parties on the mountain and next to in the forest, you know, next to the river. So it's very underground, you know, and when when a scene is very underground, it's very good. Uh, luckily enough, I got booked again and I'm going to go and play in, in, in Pakistan in about two weeks, which I'm I'm really, really looking forward to. I'm looking forward for the gig. So. You know, I mean, music can arrive to places where, uh, you know, you don't even think about, you know, uh, that there's music, that there's something happening, you know. The first time I got booked to play in Sri Lanka, like three years ago, I was like, Sri Lanka or Pakistan. I was like, Pakistan. And then when I actually went there, I was like, 
wow, you know, music can, you can find electronic music everywhere, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, the, the, these are just a few countries which I really like, uh, which I really like uh, DJing at. And, you know, when you're not entertaining others, what do you do to entertain yourself? I'm a, I'm a workaholic, you know, so I literally dedicated all my life to this, you know. So, of course, when I'm not in clubs, when I'm not organizing, uh, when I'm not in clubs or when I'm not touring, I'm in my studio or producing music or, or, or curating sets or, or coming up with ideas or doing designs or planning events. So I'm constantly like on the go. And uh, during COVID, I found love again for vinyl. So I took out all my vinyl. I have like about a collection about, this we have about 5,000 vinyl. I mean, you can see all my collection over there. So, you know, when I'm not organizing stuff, sometimes I get on the decks behind me and, you know, the little kid comes out in me again and I'll, 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 I'll be DJing on vinyl, you know, or doing streams. I'm always doing something there, you know, and I never stop. I never stop. Awesome. Gonna take gonna take another audience question here because, like sure. I said, our audience members are, are 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 they access our question pool. So a lot of our questions, some of the questions I ask are the same ones they're asking. It just came up right now from Estonmi. How important is social media to you? Like, uh, well, I think it's more than fifty percent. It's very important. It's very important. You know, I got, okay, you need to be a good DJ, a good producer, whatever. But if you don't have so good social media presence, you're just going to be stuck at home and DJing at home for your friends. That's it. It's very, very important. You know, I got discovered internationally from YouTube. You know, I was, you know, putting my live sets, you know, streams, and people started to, to notice me. So thanks to YouTube, you know, that I managed to make a name for myself internationally, YouTube, SoundCloud, you know, Facebook. It's uh, very important. It's more, I, I think it's more than 50%. I think that's from my experience and my personal opinion. Yeah, I recently saw some, I bring this up quite frequently uh, when within the social media discussion comes up in our interviews that there was an artist recently, um, female artist, and she's on TikTok and she made a TikTok about her label saying that she needed to make a viral TikTok to help push her album. And she came back and countered that with saying, no, I shouldn't have to make a viral TikTok and do, I will do my social media, but to make myself go viral on your behalf is not my job. You're supposed to be marketing my, my, my album, my tracks. You're supposed to be pushing these through your connections and getting them played and getting them up the charts. That's not my, and so it was kind of a counterculture. And in reading some articles after that, you know, pre-social media, which you and I are both very familiar with, pre-internet pretty much. Of course, I remember, of course, I remember giving out uh, flyers, you know, on yeah, the street. I, I, exactly. I but, you know, back in the day, it showed that promotions were really about – it was two pie charts. And the promotions was about tw- – on the pre-social media pie chart, 20% was promotions. 80% was music creation, playing oh, gigs, is, yes. networking, all that. And that's how you got exactly. it. Nowadays, now it's, it's 80% um, social, media. social media and 20% the rest of it. Yeah, maybe and, maybe that's 75%, maybe from personal opinion. But yeah. it's, it's important, you know. I mean, it's but I tell people all important. the time, it's like, you know, especially my resident DJs or DJs, you know, if you want to get booked in another city, 
just let's say you want to go 200 miles from your hometown. There's probably already 50 DJs in that hometown that have been knocking on the doors of the local promoters that have local friends that they're going to tell to come down to the bar. So why is somebody going to pay you $1,000, your writer, hotel to come there if you're not going to bring a crowd? Exactly. From a promoter exactly. standpoint, yeah. it has to be my, or even the, the establishment standpoint, when I can book, book some locals, and yeah, I, the, the joke is $50 and a couple drink tickets, you okay. know, and you're getting your exposure bucks, but yeah. even if they could pay somebody $150 or $200 American cash to be a local DJ, and they're going to promote it to the local community, mm-hmm. that's probably going to bring in five to 10 people, which will spend $200 at the bar. Exactly. Whereas if you can't do that, I think one of our resident DJs, Black Liquid, told me a story about his first DJ gig he got. I believe it was in Los Angeles. And he, he walks into the bar and he pitches the bar owner, says, I'd like to DJ your club. And he goes, okay, but I'm going to tell you something. You see those peanuts at the bar? They're more important than you are. And he looked at wow. him and said, why are the peanuts at the bar more important than me? I'm more the DJ. I'm, I'm playing the music. He goes, yes, but if you can't bring people in here to drink, then those peanuts are more valuable because those pe- people are going to eat the peanuts and they're going to buy drinks because of the peanuts. So the peanuts are worth exactly. more than you. <laughs> wow. And I was like, that's a really good, really good analogy that a lot of people don't get. And it's great to play out for clubs, but you got to build up your portfolio, your worth. Like it's you said, you rebranded yourself in exactly 2018 important. to get international. And exactly if you never did important. that, nobody was knocking on your door and flying to Malta and saying, hey, Ruby, come on, I'm picking you up. Let's go. Exactly. No one is from Argentina or India is going to book me, you know, to fly from Malta to the other side of the world. Exactly. You know? We need to have social media presence and regular, not just one video. You really, I put a lot of time into this, you know, it's, uh, you know, to put out good, good, regular content, you know, you exactly. need to be regular and good, if possible, professional content, you know, I really strive, you know, to put out professional content. It's very important, you know, it's very important. And, and speaking about putting out good content, uh, let's talk about Beatport for a second. And do you expect Beatport to have another serious competitor in the next few years? Or do you feel they can kind of really maintain a monopoly on the game? To be honest, I never thought about this. You know, um, uh, I know there was like Trek Source or and Juno. But I think Beatport, it's uh, so stable, you know, these days. It will be very hard, you know, for someone to come in and take over Beatport, I think, you know. To be honest, I never thought about this, you know. I, 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 I didn't do my research about this or, or I don't know if there's anyone which can actually compete with. with. Does Trexource still exist? Remember Trexource, yeah? Trexource was quite popular. It Trexource was. Let me see where Juno. Juno's still there because I buy a lot of vinyl from Juno. Uh, Juno.co.uk. Yeah, still there. It's still there, yeah. I remember Trexos was, was quite popular like a few years ago. I think, I mean, these days, Beatport, you know, even when your track charts in Beatport, everyone promotes Beatport, you know, Beatport. So, I mean, Beatport is quite a, an industry standard um, name, you know, like a, when you say Pioneer Deck, you know, Beatport, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I think it will be very difficult. Um, that there'll be someone that can actually come with Beatport. Who knows? We don't know what's going to happen in five or ten years. Let's see. And and what are your thoughts on Spotify? Spotify, yeah. I mean, uh, I I I I went into Spotify for the past two years, and uh, you know, at least DJs receive some revenue. You know, when your track is played on Spotify, at least you you it's like little money, you know. But at least it's something, you know. 
you know it's um uh, i do do regular mixes on on spotify together with with proton i have a show which is called progon you know where i i i use music from the proton family and there's a lot of label with proton and of course all the, all the artists that i use in my mixes and uh, every time someone plays uh, one of their tracks you're getting like a, a little royalty which i th i think is good you know i mean uh, people are you they use spotify you know i mean before it used to be underground music everyone on on soundcloud and mainstream music everyone spotify but i think now it's a now it's a, there's a good balance you know even people who are into underground music i mean many listen to spotify these days you know so so yeah i am in favor of spotify i think it's good it's good for us you know it's good and for artists knowing what you know now if you could go back 25 years in music history well, forward 50 years in music future, uh -huh. which one would you pick and why? If I had to go back and now? If you know what, if you knew what you knew now, okay. would you go back 25 years and, and maybe be in the same age you are now, go back uh -huh. 25 years in music history or go forward 50 years in music future? So from my experience, okay, that I think that being a good music producer it's vital but in order to get booked you need to be a good performer you know so i think i would change nothing because even my name i'm an old school guy even my name is dj ruby you know these days no one is called dj blah 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 but i've been for 31 years that was my first name and i stick to it you know so if i had to go back you know i would change nothing i always pushed myself you know i was djing and performing you know and what I discovered now throughout COVID that before maybe everyone was a DJ throughout COVID, everything, everyone become a producer, you know, and um, uh, at least from my experience, people were booking me because I'm a DJ, because I'm a good performer. I managed to make a crowd move, you know, so it's very important that, yes, you need a discography, you need to, you know, you can't just be a DJ, it's not, it's not enough, you know, but... You need to be a good performer, you know? You need to make people dance. You can't DJ like this. You really need, need to make people dance. So I would change nothing myself, you know? Because 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I was a DJ, you know? And these days, I'm still a DJ first, you know? Producer second, you know? So, yeah, that's from my experience. So I think, I mean, yeah, being a producer is very important. But, you know, being a DJ, if you really want to get booked regularly, you really need to be a good DJ that knows how to read and rock a crowd, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would change, you know, nothing from what I've done 25 years ago. You know, it was, it's good for me. Mm -hmm. Would you ever stop making music in form of another art form? I actually done that for, uh, for some years between 2012 and 2017 from producing music. I went into producing videos, you know, and I, I, I started a media company you know, because uh, I was doing big events for a very long time in Malta. And um, uh, when I was like, okay, things were shifting. My events weren't as big as they used to be. So I thought, okay, let me give a break from doing events. I still was still DJing, but instead of doing events or producing music, I started a media company, which was very successful, you know? So I think uh, music and, and, and uh, filmmaking, you know, goes pretty well with each other, but I've done that already. And then, from producing music, I went into filmmaking. From filmmaking, I went back to to the to music. So I don't think I will change again. So I will stick to music for the rest of my life. But I think filmmaking and and, and uh, music production 
they go um, really good with each other, you know. But yeah, now no more changes. I'm just going to stick to music till the till the end of my life. And if if somebody were to write a biography about okay. you, oh, what Jesus. do you think the title should be? Ah, <sighs> oh, the guy that never slept. You know, the, the guy, guy that, that never slept. The guy that is like um, uh, sometimes I consider myself like a priest. You know, a priest, you know, he gives his life to Jesus, you know. I gave all my life to electronic dance music, you know. So I literally did give all my life. to. I've done a lot of sacrifices. And, and I, as I said, I work 24-7. I love it too much, you know. So maybe, I don't know, the title would be the guy that gave all his life, you know, to electronic dance music. Or the guy that never slept, you know. Or, I, or, or, I, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm happy, you know. So... That, that that's what counts i think there you know like you said we're happy you know maybe i'm not doing as much money as i used to do when i used to do big mainstream commercial shows for thousands of people okay i'm doing less now but i'm happy you know and uh, that's what 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 counts you know because you know when you are in the before i used to be also in the mainstream you know and mainstream let's face it that's where the where the money is you know what i mean the underground you know there's much less money than the mainstream you know but for me, it's not important. As long as I'm happy and I'm playing the music that I really love, um, that's it. That's that's what counts, you know. That's what's important for me and my life. Awesome. And and this is a great follow-up question. We just got asked by R Think Rule in the chat room. If Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you Jeez. pick as the main actor? <clears throat> oh god, well, um Jesus, there are quite a few people, you know. I mean uh, it's a very, very difficult question, you know, very difficult question. I don't know, maybe some uh, some crazy actor, you know, because I am, you know, I am a bit of a crazy person, you know, I can do crazy things, you know, every now and then. So, yeah, I would go for someone that is known to do crazy things, you know. I can't think of any names, but a crazy actor, you know, someone that, you know, like can do crazy things, you know, with with no warning, you know. Funny enough, mentioning yeah. the word crazy, I'm going to take another another quick quick yeah, one. And right I haven't here followed movies. I haven't followed movies for a while now, so I'm a bit like my my, my mind is a bit blank when it, when it comes to my my mind is all about artists and DJs and parties. You know, Hollywood is a bit on on, on the side. You were mentioning crazy stuff, and it's so interesting. Yeah. This question just came up too from uh, I think it's Exen Kentik. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have okay. crazy dance moves? <laughs> yes, I, I dance a lot, you know. And before I was a DJ, I was a break dancer, you know, okay. for a very short period of time, like in 1990, just before I started DJing. I was a very good break dancer, you know, and listening, uh, dancing to MC Hammer can touch this or, or um, uh, Technotronic pump up the jam, you know, so... Yeah, the dance thing, you know, even when I when I DJ, I, I'm, I'm one of those DJs that I can't stay still. If I stay still, I can't DJ. So I, I'm constantly moving. You know, even people, if they see my, my streams, my videos, my live videos, I'm all the time dancing, you know, I just don't stop, you know. So yeah, I do have some crazy dance moves. <laughs> awesome. And is there anything else you want to let our DJ Sessions fans know about before we let you go? I mean... Uh, it's good to know about Malta because I'm sure that uh, a lot of people, especially in the United States, maybe they didn't know about our little country. You know, it's a very nice place. If you ever think 
of going in hol on holiday in Europe, you know, try and put Malta in your itinerary. It's not just about parties. You know, Malta has a really, you know, rich history. You know, it's a beautiful place. You know, there's a lot of things to see, nice beaches. The, the weather is it's, it's very warm here. And of course, there's a very strong party scene. So that's there. You know, I mean, some advertising for my little country, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, uh, you know, it helps, you know, I think it helps. So yeah, if you ever come to Europe, come and visit us, you know, and come, come to one of my parties as well. And where can people find out more information about those parties? So I have my official website, which is uh, djrubyofficial.com. And then, of course, from my website, um, uh, my website, there's all my social links. There's my Facebook, which is facebook.com slash djruby. There's YouTube, youtube.com slash djruby. And also my Instagram, which is instagram.com slash djrubyofficial. I mean, if you just write DJ Ruby on Google or DJ Ruby Malta, I mean, you're going to find uh, all, all kinds of things about me and about my, my career and, and my music. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Great. DJ Thanks Ruby. You. We will be, Thanks so much to you. Thank yeah. you so much, bro. Thank we will be so following much, up with you, you, uh, you know, sure. in a few months, but I know we'll be talking to you at ADE. We'll, we'll be stay on connected. Yeah, we'll definitely meet in, in, in the Netherlands. I'll get you an energy drink. I'll have a beer. I heard the beer there is really Fantastic. cheap. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> swap, yeah. good beer. So Amazing. thank you again for coming on the DJ sessions, and it's thank it was a you, pleasure. Keep up the good work with this with this channel, man. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. On that note, don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Meta. Twitch, anywhere, but the djsessions.com is where you're going to find out the best stories, best news, best live interviews, best exclusive mixes, news stories, and you can also check us out on now, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Google Play, and soon to be Apple TV. And don't forget to download our mobile app and look for our VR nightclubs in alt space. I'm Darren in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, with DJ Ruby coming in from Malta for the virtual sessions. And remember, on the DJ sessions, the music never stops.